Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Son of a bitch, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Take two. Uh, Deja vu right now. Fun fact, quick little story for you people. We just recorded, uh, we were, were recording for about 40 straight minutes, and I wanted to check and see how we were doing on time. I forgot to plug in the soundboard, so we were literally recording with no audio. So we had a 40-minute show. It was great. I think it was one of our better ones. It was actually going really good. I thought it was a great conversation. And you know what? I'll just fully admit it because I I didn't know something. I want to give Kyle the credit. Hugh Jackson is Tennessee State's offensive coordinator. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about or why we were talking about that, but he asked me who it was, and I was like, I honestly don't know. And he was like, Hugh Jackson. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. So something slipped my mind. Uh, I will quickly recap what we just talked about for the last 40 minutes. I think you guys... We'll, we'll break down the Browns game per usual. College football, we did a little bit, and we talked about some of the coaching changes in college football. So we'll get right to it. We won't beat around the bush here because Kyle's been here for half the day, it feels like. He's put in a full <laughs> shift. I feel bad that he's he just sat here for that. Um, I clocked in but didn't get paid. <laughs> we were literally breaking down the games we're watching live because yeah. we started before 1 o'clock, so the games just kicked off. And uh, here we are. All right, so let's just get right to it. Browns Cliff versus note, the Bengals. Cliff note version of talking about balls. Yeah, Browns versus the Bengals last Sunday night. Uh, uh, ugly. We're going to go Ravens. It's all right, though. Yeah. Four, You're all clustered now. What did I say? You said Bengals. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's all right. bad. I, I'm literally reading the Bengals Chargers score on my phone. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. Um, so Browns versus Ravens last Sunday night. Browns defense looked great. Four interceptions. Stuffed Lamar Jackson every possible way. Miles Garrett had arguably his best overall game of the season. He was a menace, single-handedly wrecking things. Brown's offense couldn't move the ball. No. Uh, per usual, we some questionable play calling, as we said. I, I'm not really one to put everything on Stefanski because I do understand that we do have a limited quarterback. So uh, should we have ran the ball a few more times? Yes. Could the passing game be any better if Alex Van Pelt were calling plays? Cause that was a question asked in the first time we tried to record this. <laughs> Kyle asked if I was on board with Alex Van Pelt taking over play calling. I said, no, uh, strictly because I don't think at this point in the season that that's going to change anything. I don't think that we're all of a sudden going to become a better passing team. If another guy's calling the plays, I think our issues rely or our issues revert back to Baker Mayfield being a limited quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Obviously, he's a limited quarterback when healthy, and he's not even close to healthy right now. Right. He's, he's still getting put out on the field. He's clearly not himself. Uh, and our wide receivers, as we said earlier, I, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot because we've, we've said so much. Um, our wide receivers just aren't as talented as I think we, we were giving them credit for. I think going into the, the season, Browns fans were really hyped up because we made the playoffs. We beat the Steelers. We looked good against the Chiefs in the playoffs. We looked good against the Chiefs even in week one of this year. So you're just flying going... Shit, this team's good. We have all this talent, blah, blah, blah. It hasn't panned out. I think Jarvis Landry, as we said, is a glorified slot receiver. Yep. He's a great possession receiver. He's not a burner. He is a slot receiver. We have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a sixth-round pick for a reason. I think he's raw. He needs a lot of work. He has potential. He has some some shining moments. But overall, I think he needs a little work. I think his ceiling's at a, a number two receiver, though. Absolutely. I think yeah. his ceiling's there. I mean, I'm not I'm not ready to give up on him by any stretch of the imagination. It's just I think we, we overvalued him coming into this season. Uh, Rashard Higgins was a healthy scratch last week, so that if anything, that goes to show you where he's at in terms of the doghouse of the team. It's like Freddie Kitchens is back. 
when your offense is struggling, you can't score points, you can't move the ball, and one of your better weapons is inactive. There's clearly something wrong there. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's safe to say Richard Higgins' days are numbered. I mean, we said that last year because he just keeps signing these one-year deals. I think this one might be for real because his connection with Baker Mayfield is arguably the only reason he keeps getting signed. And I think Baker's days are numbered as well, personally. Uh, we'll talk about that again. And... Uh, Anthony Schwartz, third-round pick. We expected a lot out of this kid, and he has been a, I won't say a bust because it's year one, but he has been a disappointment, to put it mildly. He only has a handful of catches. He hasn't done anything special on the return game. However, going into the season, I was one of the people that defended the pick because I did say, I don't think Anthony Schwartz is going to be asked to be anything special for the offense. He's going to be in returning situations, kick returns, punt returns, etc. And once in a while, spread offense, burn exactly. Field, he yeah. will. He basically will be learning how to be an NFL wide receiver because he wasn't drafted to be a number one or anything like that. So he's a guy that needed to develop and I knew that was going to happen. It was going to take some time. So I'm not ready to give up on him either, but I do think that he uh, has a lot of growing to to, to do. Tight ends. You have Harrison Bryant. It's recording this time. I'm positive. Uh, Harrison Bryant. You have Njoku, Austin Hooper. There's a lot of, I like Austin Hooper. I'm a big fan. I was happy with the signing. His production is not up to what he's making, so there's a lot of people that are saying he's, you know, he's the most overpaid, crappy player in the league. He only league. has a couple and, years in his contract left, doesn't he? Like two more years? Yeah, I think we signed him to a four-year deal with like a fifth-year option. Yeah. So he's ending year two right now. So yeah, he is getting towards the point of possible cap casualty. Um, but yeah, so overall, I just think our offense isn't as talented as we went into it. We gave it credit for because of the glimmer of hope we had last year into the playoffs. I think we overvalued everybody. We really thought the world of every person on this roster, and we've kind of looked a little... It's a true fashion. We get let it down. Is, it, we're fans. That's just what happens. I think we you know, we look... Uh, Our team's better than everybody else's. We have the best offensive, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, everyone's better than are, this guy. So, I mean, I remember yeah. talking about our wide receivers. I thought OBJ was going to come back healthy and dominate the league again. That didn't pan out. Mm. I thought a healthy Jarvis as your number two was going to be great. Donovan Peoples-Jones was looking like a huge target. Higgins... Then you have the speedy guy Schwartz as your fifth wide receiver. I'm like, holy shit, good luck stopping this team with yeah. Chubb and Hunt. And teams have had no problem stopping this team. Right. I mean, our offense is, I used this word probably 50 times in the first edition of our recording where Kyle and I just sat here and had coffee together. Um, <laughs> but inept is the word that I used. There's only so much you can do as Kevin Stefanski to move the ball with a quarterback that is clearly hurt, clearly struggling. I don't understand why they keep putting him out there and not Case Keenum when he's clearly not healthy. Uh, against the Bengals, he 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 pissed away at an easy touchdown, in my opinion. I think that that screenplay to Kareem Hunt was a sure touchdown. If he would have, go figure, here's a commercial of Baker, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, but it was a, I, I think it was a touchdown, in my opinion. At least it would have been a huge gain. And Baker tried to throw the screenplay to Kareem Hunt. The ball slipped out of his hands. Yeah. So it's one of those situations where in in hindsight, Browns fans come out and shit on Stefanski and say, "Why weren't you giving so and so the ball more? Why didn't Why didn't Kareem Hunt touch the ball more? Why didn't Chubb touch the ball?" But then you look at a play like that and you go, "Okay, well, we had a fourth down play where Felton dropped a, a, a first down. The next play, we could have ran the ball three straight times, scored a touchdown. Who knows? So maybe there were plans to run the ball more in that situation, but it didn't happen. The screenplay to Hunt would have been a possession for Kareem Hunt, probably a touchdown to Kareem Hunt. That Baker slipped the ball. The ball slipped out of his hands, so it was a fumble turnover." And instead, you're going, oh, why didn't they touch the ball more? Well, clearly, they tried. Here's the thing I think is happening, too, is the fact that we don't run a very different offense every game. Meaning, no. every defense now comes into the game expecting those rollouts, expecting some of those play-action passes, expecting 
all of the screens in the world. So when they see certain plays go to a certain direction or line shifts, they, they kind of see what's coming. And, and I, I think, I don't know if that's just a restriction of the offensive playbook we're letting Baker run or whatever's going on, but every team comes in here with a, a pretty good idea what's going to happen. And they're starting to break on these, these screen plays a lot quicker than they used to at the beginning of the season. That and the play action passes too. So I'm not quite sure. I think that has something to do with it as well. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I I don't think Kevin Stefanski just all of a sudden rolled out of bed and forgot how to run an offense. Sure. I think what it is is it's just we're not we're not firing on all cylinders like we did last year, and a lot of it has to do with it's it, it boils down to no question about it. I, I said this before in the other one we were trying to record that I wasn't going to spend this episode just bashing Baker. That's not what I'm doing. I've I've reached the turning point officially where I have completely given up on Baker Mayfield. I am 100% committed to the Browns drafting a quarterback or trading for a quarterback, whatever. We need to replace Baker Mayfield, priority number one. I think the Browns feel the same way, personally, just kind of going with my gut instinct on how how they've gone into this season, how they're, yeah, your Gardner Minshew DraftKings picks looking pretty solid yeah. against that <laughs> shitty Jets defense. Um so I, I just kind of feel like the way they're treating the Baker Mayfield situation, because you only have a couple of options here coming into his fifth year. You're going to give him his option, or you might give him his option, or you don't. And then after that, you either have to give him a long-term contract, or you have to franchise tag him. Now, the franchise tag, you're paying him the average of the top five highest-paid quarterbacks like in the Kurt NFL. cousin route we're taking here. So do you really think the Browns are going to invest that kind of money no. as an analytically-driven team? That is not known for just giving out money to people that don't deserve it. If they don't sign them this offseason, they're not signing them. So for me, that's kind of where I'm at with, with fans that are calling radio shows and even the hosts of the radio shows that talk about the future of the Browns. And they say, well, you know, you could just tag him next year. It's like, do you really think this team, this no. front office, Paul D. Podesta, Andrew Barry, they're going to franchise tag Baker Mayfield for $35 million, $40 million. No They're going to look at that money and, and they're going to see where else they can invest it. They will sign Mitch Trubisky for $7 million and put that other $30 million that they would have given to Baker Mayfield into some really talented players. They're going to moneyball the shit out of this situation. And rightfully so, because, I mean, they clearly know what they're doing. They they have value and talent, and the, 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 the weak link is Baker Mayfield. I hate to harp on it so much, but it really is. I think Browns fans are starting to understand that. There are still some people that defend him till they're blue in the face, and more power to him. I get it. I, I look at it as they're desperate. They... They want to win so badly that they're just grasping at anything, whereas instead they need to just move on. They need to go, well, if we get a better quarterback, this team could really go places. Instead, they're just so set on, well, this guy was average for the last four years, and we haven't seen average in Cleveland. We've seen bad. So average is fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they need to uh, kind of get over that. And luckily, they don't run the organization. People that don't have their hearts connected in this as fans do, and they're going to make the right decisions, I hope. So... We've talked about it a lot over the last few weeks. We've talked about the future quarterbacks that could become available, the the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Deshaun Watsons, Russell Wilsons, possibly. Obviously, we'd love we would love any of those. I three. really am curious what happens with Watson. I've heard nothing about that. So my friend actually just sent me a link. This has nothing to do with Watson, but it has something to do with those quarterbacks. Um, my friend literally just sent me an article that just says Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh Steelers reportedly heating up. Is all it says. Oh great. And I just find it funny because I feel like what what kind of what kind of nuggets are getting leaked this early in in the process? Because Jordan Love played one game. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to speak on behalf of the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers situation because who knows what that relationship's really like. Jordan Love played one game this year, and they looked pathetic. 
against a Kansas City defense that has been terrible all year, and he couldn't move the ball. Jordan Love looked awful. Aaron Rodgers plays. He's playing at an MVP level. Do you really think the Packers are just going to willingly dump Aaron Rodgers, who is still under contract technically? I, but I'm pretty sure he made it known he doesn't want to come back next year. He said that, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those situations of, like, you either play here or you're not playing anywhere. Well, he only has one more year left in his contract, I think. I thought, I it, was can... an op- I thought it was a team option, I thought. I, well, I'm, I think, yeah, next year's a team option, I believe. I think this is his actual... Yeah, but they could keep him, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I'm not going to look it up. But yeah, maybe. Um, either way, <clears throat> they'd have to trade for him. They'd have to trade him away. It's, oh, for so, sure. So I think he does have like the one more year after this year in his contract. But he basically said he came back to the Packers with the un- the understanding and agreement that this would be his final season wanting to play with the Packers. And he'll come out and do his best or whatever. But after this, he's done. So I think they had to make some kind of an agreement, handshake deal possibly, that says, yeah, we're going to do what we can to get rid of you. Yes, yeah, so technically you. he has two more years on his contract. Okay. And he's so, an unrestricted yeah. free agent in 2024 okay. at the age of 41. Um, age doesn't matter in quarterback terms. Not at all. Not in this day and age. Nope. It's something weird going on in that that uh, <laughs> the water in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I would love him. I'd hate to see him on the Packers or on the uh, the Steelers. That's no brainer. But it would. It's just gonna. It's gonna be interesting. I think the Browns. I mean, a lot of Browns fans again. They're they're terrified of change. Change. They're terrified of draft picks. They're so. What's fucked up to me is we've gone the last twenty years with. I mean, we'll just be honest. 90% of our first-round draft picks, and, the, and, and then some, even more, other rounds, have been terrible. Bust. Most of them have been busts. Meanwhile, Browns fans hold on to draft picks like gold, even though we're not using them properly. Imagine if we would have taken three of our last ten draft picks that have amounted to nothing back when we had horrible, you know, the Corey Coleman's of the Browns, the, the Jabril Peppers, guys like that. We had all these multiple first-round picks. Imagine if we packaged those up and we would have traded for a star player i don't even know who right. like anybody that was available we could have traded for anybody to make this team better who would you rather have some bust of a first round pick or some really fucking good player and browns fans are just so afraid of getting rid of draft picks it's weird to me and it is like you said it's just change when you right. tell them let's look for a better quarterback we're never gonna find anybody yeah they just Why think do you that, say we're, that? that we're gonna get a bad quarterback again it's like it's not i'm saying it's possible but what are you uh, as a team if you don't take the chance or roll the dice? You know what I mean? I understand some of them are one in a million shots, but the Browns potentially could be drafting in the teens to the early 20s this year, give or take, maybe. The uh, Mac Jones was drafted 16th, I think, last year by the Patriots. He's turning into one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's going to win <laughs> Rookie of the Year more than likely. Um Aaron Rodgers, I know it was almost 20 years ago, but Aaron Rodgers was taken with like the 24th pick or whatever it was, late first-round pick. You have Tom Brady, who became a free agent and, crazily enough, went to Tampa Bay. You had Peyton Manning, who became a free agent and went to um, Denver, won a Super Bowl. You have quarterbacks changing teams. You had the Colts trade for Carson Wentz. Whether Joe, you like Carson, Montana went to the Chiefs. Yeah, whether you like Carson Wentz or not, they traded him to Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is turning into a playoff team now because of Carson Wentz. He's yep. playing great. And it's possible to get these quarterbacks. It's possible to move players around and get them, and fans are just so afraid because of the success, or the failure we've had and lack of success. They're so afraid that it could just never it's happen to us. because Baker is their guy. Baker is a Cleveland guy. Baker is a... Blue blood, whatever you want to call them. And the other thing too, for me, for fans, like I, I got some bad news. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings no, or breaking hearts. To. But this whole he wants to be here thing is the dumbest fucking take a sports fan could have. Baker Mayfield was drafted, and it's so rare that a player doesn't go to the team that drafts him. 
He came here because we took him. Baker Mayfield would embrace any city and any team that took him. If we took Josh Allen number one and Baker Mayfield went number two to the Giants because they took Barkley number two, if he went to New York, he would immediately go, I love New York. I'm so happy to be here. That's what players do, you fucking idiots. They pander to the audience. It's like a politician. Baker, any player in football is going to tell you what you want to hear. They're so happy to be here. They love it here because they got a contract, because they're stuck here. I think Judge Thomas is generally uh, happy to be here, though. <laughs> to an extent, I mean, when he got drafted, he didn't even care. He didn't. He didn't go to yeah. the draft. He was fishing. He had no interest in any right. of that shit. It was just like whoever takes me takes me, and I'm going to play there because yep. he's a professional. That's how it is. Yeah. And yeah, don't get me wrong. The city embraced him, and the city's embracing Baker too. Right. But to act like that's something that he brought with him of just like right. he wanted to be in Cleveland. Like yeah, no shit. He wanted to be the number one overall pick. Guess who else? Everyone else in that fucking draft wanted to be the number one overall pick. Lamar Jackson would be the king of Cleveland if he came here because he would have said, I always wanted to play for Cleveland. I'm so happy they took me number one. Obviously, that was never going to happen because at the time, he was lucky to be a first-round pick. Right. But it just goes for any player that gets drafted. That's just it's how it is in sports. Well, you can't fight everybody, and one of those things, you're never going to break that mentality of it's a lot just, of It's mind-boggling to me, the people that, that use that, though, for me. Like, the Baker argument is like, this guy wants to be here. He, you know, he stays with Cleveland. It's like he's under a fucking contract. Yeah. Where else is he gonna go? No. Unless he demands a trade, he's stuck here. And again, you don't pick where you're drafted. So who gives a shit? Um, but yeah, I mean, we we've talked about it a million times. I'm I'm over the whole situation. But you know, we're uh, I'm done with the Baker experiment. It's it's year four coming to a close. You don't just get better all of a sudden. I think you just are what you are. And I said that unfortunately a lot last year about Baker that, you know, he's not going to roll out of bed and be great. Mm-hmm. He he is who he is. He's a limited quarterback and teams are figuring him out. The more tape that he puts on the field and the harder it's going to get for the Browns to do anything in the future, especially if they give him some sort of huge contract and uh, screw up their cap. Don't think they will. I mean, that's that the Ravens game. We talked about it a lot in the first attempt at recording. You guys all saw it, but there's not a whole lot to break down. Defense played great. Baker did not play that great. Um, the play calling we talked about, I don't think Kevin Stefanski's telling Jarvis Landry to scramble around like Michael Vick and look for somebody deep. My assumption, and I get it, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, I know the saying, I get it, but I assume that they told Jarvis Landry, if your first or second read is not there for the pass, and it's not 100% run, open, yeah. run. Tuck the ball, get a yard or two, don't hurt the team. Jarvis Landry tucked the ball, tried to scramble, pump fake, look like Michael Vick and Madden. Got crushed, fumbled. Fans I saw, literally, this is the funniest part to me, said that that crushed the team. That was a killer, that fumble. Meanwhile, the very next snap, we intercepted it right back. We took the ball right back. But Browns fans still refused to say that Baker having a bad game was what hurt the team, and they just said it was Landry. Yeah. So overall, it was an ugly game. We we, we talked a little bit about the, the fans are now turning on Kevin Stefanski because they don't want to blame Baker, so they're turning on Stefanski. Sorry, folks. Kevin Stefanski was picked with Andrew Barry. They're a team. Mm -hmm. They're a collective effort. Baker Mayfield was not brought here by anybody in the building. So I think it's fair to spread the blame a little bit around the team, though. I think it's fair to not blame Stefanski completely, but to ask the coaching staff what what the fuck, you know? Oh, sure. I mean, as we said earlier, like there there is definitely blame on the play calling because we didn't run. We ran the ball 15 times, I think. Yeah. Well, it was a six point game at the end. Uh realistically it was a one score game for most of the game your run game should have never been abandoned there's no reason for that you're not down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter obviously you don't run there and then there were fans that are calling out Kevin Stefanski for the final drive of the game because Dearness Johnson was on the field he admitted after the game that Kareem Hunt was hurt 
said his leg was tightened up and they didn't feel like it was smart to have him on the field. Right. Makes sense. He's a receiving wide, uh, a running back. Nick Chubb is not. So there were Browns fans legitimately bitching that Kevin Stefanski should have had Nick Chubb on the field for that final drive, who is not a receiving running back. As we learned, what was a killer in the Kansas City game in the playoffs last year? Nick Chubb dropped some balls Mm -hmm. because he's not a great pass catcher. That's just not his thing. So the Browns put Dearness Johnson on the field because he's a better pass catcher than Nick Chubb on the final drive, and fans are critiquing Stefanski for that. The guy literally can't win. Uh, We're at the point of the season where it's just finger-pointing because things aren't going as well as you'd hoped. For me... It goes to the goes to Baker. I mean, who's having one of the ugliest seasons in the NFL as terms of quarterback? Who is at the bottom of the league in most statistical categories? It's Baker Mayfield. You know what solves all that is just win games. Correct. But you can't do that when you're playing an actual good schedule opposed to last year. Unfortunately, we're not playing the Jets, the Texans, the Eagles, the uh uh the Bang well, we do play the Bengals, but they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. This year they don't look that great today, especially. But uh I mean, I, I, we talked about it last year. At the end of the season when Baker had that phenomenal second half, I always chimed in to be the uh, devil's advocate, and I always said, look at who we're playing, though. It's the easiest schedule in football. We're playing terrible teams. We played Jacksonville. We played the Eagles, all these teams drafting in the top ten last year. Uh, the Giants, like all these guys were terrible. We played them all in our final stretch of the season. Baker looked good. The team looked great, and fans didn't want to hear that. Even the Steelers, we played the Steelers last week of the season before the playoffs, and nobody in, and they they benched all their all their key players. So for fans to not accept that is is where it gets alarming to me, and that's where I stop arguing with mm-hmm. people because I realize there's no talking sense to these people. It is what it is. Fans are fans. Uh, let them do their thing. Uh, I'll just sit back and let the front office hopefully make the right decisions and, and go move on going forward, and then eventually do the whole "I told you so" bit. I mean, for me, it's not even that. I feel like the proof's in the pudding. I've told everybody for the longest time that Baker's not very good. I'm not going to rub it in people's faces. It's just let's let's do what's best for the team. Right. And I think moving on from Baker is that decision, and I like to hope that the front office is uh, in the same mindset as me. We talked a little college football on the last <laughs> recording. Uh, our, 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 it's I, all deja vu right now. It was basically a programming meeting we had down here because we talked about the whole episode and then finally realized nothing was working. Yeah. So we did discuss the college football rankings you had last week. We, we, we touched on it. I mean, there's really a whole lot, whole, not a whole lot to talk about on it now. A week removed. Ohio State got embarrassed by Michigan. Michigan got their first win in the Harbaugh era against Ohio State. Um, Ohio State fans, or Michigan fans, I'm sorry, are acting as if they won the Super Bowl. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, congratulations, you got the win. As I've said a million times in the show, I'm an Ohio State fan, kind of, but I don't like. I'm not a diehard. They lose. It is what it is. Like I went on with my day. It doesn't. Right. I'm not going to tweet. Fuck it didn't Michigan ruin. It didn't ruin my day. Yeah. I, mean, I don't sit there and, and and cross off M's on my tweets or something like other people do. Like I get it. You're a fan. It is what it is. I I I, I don't have that kind of connection. I didn't go to Ohio State. I don't have kids there or anything. I don't have a connection to the team. I watch college football strictly for the scouting. I love watching players develop. I love giving my two cents on a player that if he turns out to be great, I can go, Hey, I knew this kid was going to be good. Like my very first draft I ever went to, I've probably told the story on here before was the 2015 NFL draft. That was the year that we took uh, Alex Smith went number one. Braylon Edwards went to us. Number three, Aaron Rodgers was taken in the twenties by the Packers. And I remember sitting there as a, what would I be at that age? I was 16, I think 16 years old. And I remember saying, I really like this, uh, Huge points right there. Keenan Allen just threw a touchdown to Justin Herbert. I have them both on fantasy. No, it's a two-point conversion. Oh, that's right. They just—I'll take it either way. It's points. 
I forgot that they just scored a touchdown. Um, <laughs> so, but I remember sitting there and I like, I had just started scouting college football stuff. I'm 16 years old. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about basically, but I didn't like Alex Smith. I remember that coming out of Utah. I was not a fan. I remember saying, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in this class. I like, I really like this kid or this guy, I guess he was older than me at the time. <laughs> and, uh, Next thing you know, he turned out to be, obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not taking credit for Aaron Rodgers being good. I'm just saying that, like... Oh, it's all you. It started at a young age where I just liked watching college football to scout. And I like to just go, I'm putting my reputation on this guy. Let's see what happens. I made some mistakes as a Browns fan where I didn't scout a guy and think he's going to be one of the best in the NFL. I scouted him going, just please be good for the Browns. I don't care who it is. There was a time where I was excited for any quarterback coming out that the Browns drafted because he wasn't the guy that we had. Right. We were we were replacing some name, shitty quarterback. Yeah. So I was like, Brandon Whedon, fuck yeah. Because you know what? He's not Colt McCoy. Johnny Manziel, hell yeah. Let's saddle up with this guy because he's not Brian Hoyer. Like, I just loved the next guy because that, that was the Browns fan syndrome. It was the, the, the backup quarterback. We, we always loved the backup quarterback here in Cleveland. Yep. Starter was never good enough. I loved Brady Quinn. Derek Anderson had a great 2007, and I still sat back going, I really want to see Brady Quinn play, though. Derek yeah. Anderson's playing fine. Then the Browns give Derek Anderson that big contract. He sucks ass. Brady Quinn finally gets to play. He sucks ass. Rinse and repeat. Welcome to Cleveland. So for me, there were a lot of mistakes I made for the Browns. Uh, one thing I will, I'll flat out admit this. I'm not saying it as an I told you so or anything like that, but I was not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan. You can ask my friends when I was sitting there in Texas at that draft. A couple minutes before the draft starts, everyone gets the link. The, uh, the 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 leak comes out, and they go, you know, it's reporting the Browns are going to be taking Baker Mayfield number one. I was like, hmm. Don't really know how I feel about that. I was not too excited. Then Roger Goodell comes up on stage and says with the first pick, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. And I literally, I remember I didn't even stand up. I didn't cheer. I just shook my head. I was like, ugh, I don't know. Hmm. Even my uncle, who is now the biggest Baker Mayfield supporter, yeah. he has literally gone crazy talking about Baker Mayfield. Before he got drafted, he used to call him Baker Manziel, and he used to tell people, don't get fooled by Baker Manziel. He got chased by the police. He's a little small quarterback. He's just like that Johnny Manziel. That video is hilarious. He though. hated Baker Mayfield, but now because he's the Browns quarterback, he calls him the franchise, and he loves posting pictures of Baker Mayfield with a jersey that says franchise on the back because he loves him so much. And he and I have gotten into heated arguments about how I'm like, he's not that good. What the fuck are you watching? And... It just, it just shows you that that's how Browns fans are. Again, draft day, he's calling him Baker Manziel. As soon as he's a Brown, loves the fucking dude. He's his wallpaper on his phone. He loves him, buys jerseys. Just couldn't be happier with Baker Mayfield. But for me, I at least own what I say. I didn't like Lamar Jackson coming out. I still stick to everything that I said. He's a great scrambling quarterback. When you watch, as you saw as a Browns fan on Sunday, when you watch Lamar Jackson actually have to play quarterback, he's not very good. He's one-second pocket quarterback and runs. Yep. He's a run-first quarterback. He is a backyard player. It works for them. I mean, look they're... at the big plays that they had. The Mark Andrews one-handed catch, oh even the God, pass interference. I was so annoyed by that play. But the ball was 10 yards underthrown. Yeah. It was a backyard heave of just runner out. I'm going to throw the ball and the and only the reason we got called for pass interference is because when Mark Andrews moved forward to get that ball, That's how it our works. defensive got hooked by him, and he got yep. – and there it is. The NFL nowadays is structured to if you throw, if you underthrow a pass, if you give a shitty throw as a quarterback and your wide receiver has to come back for it, it's going to be defensive pass interference regardless, which is absurd yeah, Because you're right in the way of the ball. Yep. yep. There's nothing else you could do. You played him perfectly. You covered him like a blanket. But because it was a shitty throw, you are at fault. And I hate the way the NFL does that. They really need to work on that. To me, it reminds me of the NBA and the Pump forcing fake. contact. Yeah, yeah the, the, well, they the leaning into a guy. That's what I'm hoping the NFL will kind of be like, you know what? There is... 
there's no pass interference on a quote-unquote uncatchable ball in the NFL, I think they kind of need to do that for underthrown balls because that's not fair. If a quarterback throws up basically a punt that just is floating in the air, it's 10 yards short, a guy has to run in for it. I get it. It's still a pass. It could be caught. But for me, that's not the designed play. Yeah. That's not like you, you didn't stop the guy from running his specific route. So for me, I'm saying, fuck that. Stop throwing penalties on that. They need to figure something out. Or at least don't make it an automatic spot foul of with pass interference. Maybe turn it into like a five-yard penalty only. No automatic first down. Do something like that because mm-hmm. it was an underthrown ball. They need to stop rewarding shitty throws and penalizing defenders for do what else can they do? I mean, right. you're, you're essentially not letting them do their jobs. So they got to figure some shit out in the NFL. It irritates me seeing the Bengals or the, the, the Ravens do it so often really pisses me off. It's not even getting into the taunting penalties that they go into. Yeah, that's got to change in the offseason. I feel like that's going to be a huge point of emphasis for it's the... So, it's so ridiculous. They, they need but they to doubled stop. down on it this year. Like yeah, they, ago, they, they defended out, every one of them. They come out and said, no, we're not, we're not yeah. going away. We're sticking with Every this, week so. they come out and they say, like, well, the NFL has a statement on this taunting penalty. And they say, yeah, we stand by that call. Yep, that's a good call. They're not, they're not Which, away. don't get me wrong, they're going to back up their guys because then if they come out and say, you know, that was a horrible call, he should have never made that, then fans are going to start to bitch and moan and maybe give... Yeah. Literally, fans are crazy. The so only, yeah, the only thing they can the do guy is, could get death threats or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? The only thing they can do is stick with it the rest of the season, end of the season, change it, and then move on with life. So Correct. Right now, they're not going to play victim. They're not going to act like they did anything wrong. It's going to be, hey... How do we get back to the NFL? We were talking about college football. Uh... Oh, we were talking about the draft. Yeah, we, and then we, just, we get... <laughs> that's what we do. We worked our way back we onto cycle. the NFL side. We so, cycle. Top four teams are... Uh, so it's Alabama moved to number one after beating Georgia, Handling. blowing them out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, number two, Michigan stays there with their win over Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Number three, you have the Georgia Bulldogs, who moved down two spots yep. after losing terribly. And then Cincinnati remains undefeated after beating Houston, and they're at four. So that Chris, should be a Eve, very interesting New Year's Eve. Yeah, very interesting games right <clears throat> there. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, New Year's Eve, you have uh, Georgia and Michigan, yep. and you have Alabama-Cincinnati. Are we Cincinnati, both just assuming uh, it's going to be an Alabama-Georgia championship game? Yes. Okay. I don't think... Georgia shits the bed like they did against Alabama, against Michigan. I also just think talent-wise, Michigan's offense is not there. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. They blew out Ohio State. They blew out Iowa yesterday. They've put up 40-plus points in two straight weeks. However, I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think that uh, they're going to be able to handle I think Georgia's going to be pissed off after you know getting blown out by Georgia or Alabama. So... They're going to play well. I also just think, for whatever reason, playing an SEC team and Big Ten teams, it doesn't usually work out that well for the Big Ten. Right. It seems like the SEC is just on another level in terms of talent and game speed and, and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm going Alabama versus Georgia in the championship, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a pick on that once we get to it because I maybe need a little time to think because – do I, gotta, I think I yesterday was. They, an, I got to see how they play. In this yeah. Do I think game. yesterday was kind of an anomaly and Georgia didn't take it serious or? Did Nick Saban just is he that great of a coach that he turned shit around that fast? And Alabama's legit. Again. I got to see how Alabama plays. Well, I mean that Cincinnati's not going to count, but I want to see how Georgia plays Michigan. It's fine because if they if it's an Alabama Georgia championship and Georgia plays well and beats uh, Michigan, then I think Georgia has a good chance to win a championship. But I got to see how they play next week or yeah. uh, in two weeks. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, so that was it for for college football. Nothing too exciting. Um. 
Ohio State's going to play some crappy bowl game. Maybe they'll, hey, it'd be kind of nice. Ohio State, yeah, Notre Dame, I that'd be kind of cool. That. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Give them like the fucking Chick-fil-A bowl or whatever, some fucking that'd bullshit bowl. would be a bigger bowl, bowl than that, but. I don't know. I don't five, even know which ones are good anymore. The number five and number six team in the Who country. Who cares anymore? Yeah. The meaningless bowls, as I call them. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, so, yeah, college football is set. They just put everything out right before we started recording, and that's that. Now we're going to move over to the hardwood a little bit. Oh, the the good team in Cleveland. The Cavs, the best team in Cleveland. This is a team that I'm going to die on a hill this year on, on Twitter I am, against people. I'm officially all in. I'm all in with the Cavs. Let them let what's what's your quote this year? Um, let it what? Let them let them know. That's what they're saying. Let them yeah. That, let them know. Hashtag let them know. Let them know. Um, so let them know, Justin. Why are you? Let them know. The Cavs are legit. I mean, I I was talking about this last night with our friend Phil. We were talking about the Cavs, and I was a big advocate of, of getting rid of Kobe Altman. I didn't understand the the Colin Sexton pick was fine. LeBron James left, so you needed to draft somebody. Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a fine pick. Then you draft Darius Garland. I'm like, what the fuck? We just took uh, kind of a, another point guard. We don't need him. Then last year, we take a guy, Isaac Okoro, who, if I'm being 100% honest, I didn't even know who the fuck that was when we drafted him. I had to really look up his, his information. Cavs have sucked. The Cavs have been a terrible team. You can clearly tell there's some disgruntled players in the locker room. Like last year, Kevin Love was clearly frustrated with being here. And again, I've defended Kevin Love a hundred times, and I'm going to stand by that. The guy stayed here on good faith that the Cavs were not going to tank. Right. As did J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith left. He he asked for his release. The Cavs got rid of him. He moved on. Kevin Love stayed wisely because he's making a huge amount of money. So pay him a hundred million dollars. He's not going not anywhere. Be, not be unhappy. So. You have these weird situations, and you have you have some talented pieces, and then it just seems like the Cavs were never able to put it all together and to make a very competitive team. The Cavs were really bad the last few years. Terrible, to be honest. Then you make trades for guys like Jared Allen, and I'm going, what the fuck are they doing? It's 2020, and you're trading for seven-foot centers. That's not how the NBA is anymore. And then the offseason rolls around, and you draft Evan Mobley, who's seven-foot tall, who I liked. Very happy with that pick. I wanted him coming out. I didn't understand how it would work, but I really wanted him. Then you trade for Laurie Markkinen. Another one where I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with all these tall guys? Yeah. You trade for Ricky Rubio, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that one a lot. I really like that trade. Veteran for, presence, yeah. Exactly. The veteran to teach Sexton and to teach Garland how to be pros, how to be good point guards. And plus, the dude just came off a hell of an Olympic run. And he's doing that, and then some. Ricky Rubio is the team MVP, in my opinion, yeah. right now. Like He is the glue that holds this team together. I believe he's only got one year left in his contract. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Are they going to move him at the deadline to just acquire something? Or can they maybe work out like, hey, Ricky, we like you here. Would you like to be a part of the Cavaliers for the rest of your career kind of situation, which I would be all for. Please yeah. sign me up yeah. for that. Um, when everyone's healthy, I mean, uh, Evan Mobley looks like po- po- very possible rookie of the year. He's played fantastic. And I mean, he's, he's not even fully to his capacity. Exactly. He's putting up stats that they said have not been done since Tim Duncan's rookie season. Yeah. He's doing some unworldly things as a rookie, and it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, Kyle just got his uh, – who was that checking in with you, James Bond? <laughs> it was a watch. They said stats. They started looking up stats. Oh, no phone. shit. Interesting. Apple's everywhere, man. So, uh, yeah, definitely – Fun to watch. The Cavaliers are great. Jared Allen, again, when they signed him to that $100 million contract, I was like, what are they doing? Why yeah. are they doing this? And he's he's worth more. Yeah. They, they got him at a discount. They did not give Colin Sexton a contract in the offseason, and I was kind of like, hmm, where are they gonna let, how are they going to let this play out? Because they missed the deadline to give him his contract extension. And he got hurt, 
well, out for the year. Before you get into your things, I know you're going. The hill that I'm going to die on this year, and I'm starting to get in back and forth on Twitter with people, sure. is one of the Cleveland personalities put out there that um, like a week or two ago that said this Cavs team misses Sexton. I remember, yeah, we talked yes. about this. And I went on there and I said they do not miss Sexton. They absolutely miss Mobley right now because it's during the same time that Mobley is out for like four games, I believe. Right. And so I got at you know, tweeted at me, you're wrong. Sexton wins the one-on-ones. He's a good go-to player, blah, 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 whatever, you know. And I and so Mobley comes back and go, what happens? It, they start winning. They've now won four in a row. And every time they win a game, I just go on there and I, I make another comment because that's how petty I am. This team does not need a Sexton. When you have Sexton on that court, Sexton does it soaks that ball up a lot. With Sexton not on the court, it's allowing, and I think we've talked about this, it's allowing other players to get chances with the ball. Yep. It's allowing Okoro to actually start developing more as a player. It's allowing Garland to do a Garland. Does the, the Garland to Allen, the, the back and forth those two have is amazing. You know, those two know where each other are no matter what's going on. Um, then you have, I'm going to mess his name up because I always do, but the guy who we signed from Chicago last year. Laurie Markkinen. He is playing amazing. He's fitting into a role. Let's not even talk about Kevin Love, who Kevin Love is actually starting to, looks like he's having fun out there again. But you put Sexton in that, on, that, on that flow, that five, and it's all focused to him again. Yeah, for he me. he wants that ball. He wants to soak the ball up. But I think this team's far better off without Sexton. He's a six man at best, and if we get rid of him in the offseason, I, I don't care. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, think about the way you need to develop players. You have a young, offensively challenged player in Isaac Okoro, yep. who his biggest thing is he needs to work on his offensive yep. game, and that's what he's been trying to do. But you're right. When I'll double down with you. When Colin Sexton's on the court, Colin Sexton controls the ball. He is a bit of a ball hog, I'll say that. He, and I have a prime example, if anybody watched this game, <clears throat> earlier in this season, the Cavaliers played the Toronto Raptors in Toronto, End of the game, I think it was like a one-score game. We were down by one point. We had the ball with like 24 seconds left. Literally run the clock out, get your last shot, try to win the game. Two possessions in a row, Colin Sexton got the ball because he was our starting point guard at the time and was dribbling so fast and out of his mind because he's out of control sometimes with the ball. He nearly turned it over back-to-back plays. In the ultimate crunch time, he was loose and reckless with the ball. He was playing way too fast for his own good. And that's where I kind of went. I even tweeted. I said, why the fuck does Colin Sexton need to go a million miles an hour all the time? Right. It's unnecessary. And that's when I kind of realized, like, this kid, uh, I agree with you, come off the bench. That's the kind of guy that when they bring in their second unit, uh, the defense, you bring in Colin Sexton to match that second unit. And he's clearly better than most people's second units. That's when you let him go crazy. But with the starting unit, you need ball movement. Uh, obviously, I'm not comparing us to the team, but look at how great, and I hate them, and I hate myself for saying this, but look at how great Golden State's been with Steve Kerr. It's yeah. just ball movement. That ball just moves. Don't get me wrong. Steph Curry's going to take his shots. They're going to have some horrible half-court threes that I, I truly despise watching Kansas or, uh, Golden State games because they just shoot these terrible shots. But because some of them go in, it's fun to watch. But realistically, they're really poorly percented shots. They're, they're bad offensive possessions, but it works for them. So more power to them. But in terms of the Cavs, I just re- re- I revert to the, uh, the ball movement pass that ball around and, and, and when a guy like Akuro can get the ball and take a shot and gain some confidence in himself at the three-point line that's huge if you have a guy like Sexton out there he's dribbling around like a fucking maniac turning it over throwing up these crazy shots don't get me wrong he can score great score but I agree with you I think that the offense definitely stalls when Colin Sexton's out there and as a sixth man would be ideal but with his contract coming up do I think the the, the Cavs offer him some huge money contract to be a sixth man 
No, I think they'd rather put their money into a Ricky Rubio and invest what Colin Sexton would get into some other players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. I hate to say it, I'm nothing against. I like Colin Sexton. I'm nothing against the guy. I would like to see him here as long as possible, but it has to be the right fit for the team. Right. And I want to stand here as a man and apologize to Kobe Altman for the amount of times I said he should be fired because <laughs> clearly what he's doing is working. And I think we had a uh, interception there by the Bengals. I think we're on a little bit of a delay. Or maybe it was a fumble. I mean, we must be really delayed. But uh, I, I think that you take the money that you would give Sexton and you invest that in a, a wing player next year. Or you trade for someone in, in, in this, before the season's over or in the offseason or whatever. Sure. But... Our, our biggest thing is the Cavaliers is we need a lights-out three-point shooter. And uh, what I mean by that is, obviously, it didn't work out when he was here, but but like a, a Kyle Korver. We need that clutch three-point shooting guy. Don't get me wrong. We can shoot pretty good. We're, we're a pretty decent three-point shooting team. But if we could get that uh, lockdown, like, key three-point guy that's just a sharpshooter, that would be huge, and that's something we're going to need. But like you said, you need a guy that with some size. Give me like a guy that's like, obviously, they don't fall off trees, but you need a guy like 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, and does it both. Good wing defender and a very good three-point shooter. You need a little bit of everything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason, but unlike the, uh, the, the Cavaliers or, or the Browns, I'm not looking for the offseason yet with the Cavs. I'm looking for this season. Oh, it was a fumble for the uh, Chargers. I'm looking for this season. I'm looking at the Cavaliers as a legitimate playoff team. I'm looking at a fun, gritty team that's just going to, I don't even know, like they just, they play so well together. There's yeah. not, I, I got nothing but great things to say about this Cavaliers team. They play great defense. They play great team ball. Everything they do is just perfect. I and love I this love team. every game they go into. They're the underdog. Every every, every time. They're, they're not even, still they're not, not getting even, the respect. Oh, they're they the should. underdog today's game too. Yeah, they play in uh, like an hour or something yeah, they, like that. They, they play a uh, three o'clock game on a Sunday. Who hey, are they playing again today? The Jazz. That's it. They're five point underdogs to the Jazz right now. Jazz are fifteen and seven. If the Cavs go in this next couple games here, the Cavs have an interesting schedule. They have a tough schedule coming up. So they uh, let's see here. They play the Jazz today. Which, if I can step in really okay. quick, that'll be a fun game to watch because the Jazz oh, have Rudy Gobert. They have some big guys, and uh, I'm expecting to see a very good game. I mean, we have some. Some of the best big men in, in basketball playing today. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and if the Cavs can come out of these next four games winning fifty percent of them, then I think the Cavs are, are legit because they play the Jazz today, they play the Bucks tomorrow, they then go on the road, uh, then they then come they come back home and they play the Bulls on Wednesday, and then after the Bulls they play the Timberwolves. But if they can win today, tomorrow, or one of these next three games, then do you? I think and, and don't look people now. are going to start putting respect on the name of the Cavs. Don't look now. I, I haven't really followed it, to be honest. But uh, from what I've heard, Anthony Edwards and the, and the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards is, is a, in the conversation for MVP right now. From yeah, they're, what people they're said. 13 and something right now. But just the way he's playing, it's right. like he's playing like a superstar yeah, number absolutely. one pick. So he's, he's living the, up to this, the hype. These next couple of games could really tell you where we're at as a team with the And Cavs. I look at it, too, as even our losses, most of them have not been embarrassing by any stretch. We've been in every game. Most of them against the Nets, against both games against the Nets, and against the uh, and some of those games the Warriors. We, didn't, we didn't have Mobley, we didn't have anybody. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We were we were riddled with injuries, and we still had a lead going into the fourth quarter, and we barely pissed it away towards the end of the yep. game. And that just goes to show you that with that extra talent of the healthy players, there's a good chance Cavs were gonna win those games. So, yeah. no, I agree. I'm definitely excited to see what's gonna happen with this team. Uh, JB Bickerstaff, kudos to him. He's got this team playing well. 
great team they're ball. They're buying they're into fun. whatever they he's are, selling. They so. are completely in. They're yeah. all in. I mean, I use the term in. loosely, but they are all in. Let them know that you're all in. I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited to watch the game here in about an hour. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do a recap of Week 12 for the games because we're already into Week 13 since we're recording yeah, so late. No point, yeah. If you guys want to, you guys know what the scores were. Who gives a shit? Um, we already, plus we already recapped them in the previous recording. We're just no, yeah, we, we covered everything. <laughs> um, so with that being said, let's get to can we switch weekly some of picks? Our picks? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, if you want, I mean, yeah, we're we before we start, we both clearly took the Chargers today. Uh, that's obvious. Um, but yeah, so let's get right into our picks here. Uh, quick update on the score after going over week 12 Kyle is 113 61 and one I am 117 51 and one thank God this isn't the hot sauce year God that no was, this that year was... we we decided because you know this year was a, a blur for both of us I think it's safe to say I mean yeah. honestly it's crazy to me that we're already in December of 2021 this year's almost over and it's, it's insane. nuts to me uh so going into it we were you know, obviously, we were both busy as shit. This has been one of my busiest years as a human being. It's Same. nuts. As, I haven't seen you as much this year as ever. And as, just, as we talked, like, yeah. I have every weekend this year booked. Like, yesterday, I had two parties to be at. Friday, I had well, the show. You're such a wanted man, clearly. Next week, I'm, I have my Christmas party. You're in Chicago. Yep. The week after that, I have a wedding to go to. Yep. Then the holidays. Like, it just it doesn't end. I have no free time. Um I say that on my other show all the time. I take like a month off from recording that. And then I pop back and I'm like, sorry, I'm just so fucking busy, guys. Like, it's not a joke. I don't want people to think that I'm just like, oh, I'm busy. I'm doing nothing. Fuck I'm this guy. I'm busy as shit. Um, so, yeah, going into it, we want to do the picks just to have some fun and keep up with the scores. I love doing picks. And uh, we, we decided not to do any type of punishment this year. I thought... We'll get back into them next year. Especially with, with this year, I would hate to... For either of us, I mean, don't be wrong. If it wasn't, if it was happening to you, I wouldn't feel as bad. But <laughs> if if like you got screwed on a couple because of like a, a COVID guy, like yeah, right before a game starts, a guy's out with COVID, yeah, and you're like, well, fuck, I want to change my pick. We'd get like it would get tense, and it would be like I I shouldn't have to do this because this guy should have played, and I you know whatever. So it is what it is. We're doing it just for fun this year for bragging rights, and you know it's looking we're getting closer and closer to me being two and zero in the picks, and I'm okay with that uh, in our career, but. With that being said, we have a fun week of picks again. Uh, it's nearly halftime for most of the games well, now, but we'll get we to can, them anyway. We can run through the one o'clock games pretty much and say our picks. And I can, yeah, you know, so what, we'll, what we can what we can do actually is go through the picks, make our picks, and I can give you an update and give the, the score. current scores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so let's do that. So we had Thursday night. Uh, we both took Dallas. Pretty easy pick over the Saints. Yeah, that's a game where Dallas defense had four interceptions and they won the game. Huh. Look at that, Browns. Look at that. How does that work? It can happen. It's possible to get four interceptions fun, and to fun, win a game. Fun fact. Yeah. I uh, my, my one team was so quarterback depleted, I actually picked up Taysom Hill to start Oof. him in that game. He got me 22 points in one league, so he did what he had to do. Got me do you points. guys get bonus points for interceptions? Yes, Is that we like do. No, he had two <laughs> touchdowns, and he had, so he, had a, he had running, too, so yeah. that's what gave him the points. But, hey, it got me enough points to make him relevant for that game, so I'm okay with Ooh, it. That looked like a bad call there. He'll be, he'll be dropped after this week, though. As, as he should. Uh, so let's get to it then. We'll go through the one o'clock games. I'm looking at the scores here on my app. If you want to go off of this, just so we're on the same order. Well, I go off of this thing here. Oh no. So I'm looking at the, uh, the ESPN fantasy. Oh, sure. Football. Yeah, we'll do, that's fine. Yeah. I'm so we'll do the one o'clock yep, first. I think we're actually in order too. So we have Tampa Bay over Atlanta. I, I took Tampa Bay yeah, pretty easy pick. Atlanta's surprisingly played well, but against good teams, they clearly shit the bed. Yeah, and no, I, Tampa Bay's I went, a good team. I went so Tampa with that was one. safe. And a quick this, score update. This is also where I think uh, Tom Brady kicks it into that next gear. Yeah. These next four or five weeks. And there was a funny stat that I saw this morning. Well, it's not funny if you're a, a Falcons fan, but the uh, Tom Brady is, I think at the time I read it, he was 11-0 and against the Falcons in his career. 
something like that. Oh, really? Never lost to him. So don't think that changes today. I took Tampa Bay. Kyle did as well. Let's yep. move it over to the sports news desk and get a quick update from Kyle. Do, 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 do. Uh, the current score is second quarter with 44 seconds left in the half. It is Buccaneers 20, the Falcons 10. Yes, it is. All right. We both took Tampa. We'll leave that there. Arizona taking on the Chicago Bears without Justin Fields. Yeah, that's a little uh, ahead there. I'll switch this no, it's TV to Fox. Uh, I took Arizona. I kind of think the no-brainer pick. Going into this game, it was rumored that Kyler Murray and yeah. DeAndre Hopkins would both be healthy enough to play. Chicago has been struggling, and again, without Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I think, has a bright future, but as long as they have Matt Nagy, I think they're going to struggle. He's obviously, I think Matt Nagy's gone He's played like a rookie, so nothing against Justin Fields. I think he's got a future. But uh, without him on the field, they don't even stand a chance against no. Arizona, so we both took Arizona. Yeah, and uh, just what we thought would happen with uh Hopkins and Murray back. They're both making connections. Uh, current score is one minute and 21 left in the half. It is 21 Cardinals, seven for the Bears. All right. Now we get to the game that we're currently watching on two TVs, one on delay, one uh, way ahead. Not out of it. No. We have, oh, Joe Burrow looks a little banged up there. But we have the Chargers and the Bengals going into this one. Uh, the Chargers have been one of the most inconsistent teams in football. One week they look amazing, the next week they look like shit. So it's really hard to get a read on them. Uh, they're six and five. They're they're battling for a playoff spot. The Bengals are seven and four. So to me, another missed kick. Oh, that was good. Okay. It looked like it was out. Yeah, wide left. Um, I guess I could have just looked at the other TV and seen <laughs> that it was good. Um, so anyway, Chargers and the Bengals. I took the Bengals because the home team. I kind of thought the way they've been playing lately, yeah. the Bengals have looked good at times. They've looked bad at times also. But I figured home team gets my pick. Yeah, I, I went Bengals as well. I thought, this, I mean, this was a coin toss, kind of a pick. But I think probably for you as well, just back and forth and what we thought. But going the home team, we thought it makes sense. But currently, with four minutes left to go in the second half, I mean, the uh, Bengal. I mean, two minutes left in the second half, the Bengals are uh, losing thirteen to twenty-four to the Chargers right now. Yes, they are. So obviously, a second entire second half to go. The Chargers came out hot in the first quarter. Um, not going great so far right now. They're they're struggling to score again and to keep up, but. We'll see what happens in the second half there. We both took Cincinnati, so we'll see how that goes. Next up, we have a game that, before we started, I'll give Kyle credit. He said, I got a weird feeling about this one. The Vikings at the Lions. I'll Spoiler alert, we both took the Vikings, we but Kyle did. Yeah. Kyle did say, I could really see the Vikings losing this game and the, the Lions getting their first win. And I was like, you never know, but the Vikings have been playing well lately. They, they've been yeah. a team that... For the most part, the Vikings have been really good in most games this year. Kirk Cousins has been doing well. I mean, Kirk Cousins is doing what he's supposed to do, you know. And with that being said, quick update on that score, Kyle. Uh, the uh, current score with uh, four, 40 seconds left in the first half is the Lions 17, Vikings 6. So upset alert. Uh, Bells are yeah. going off around the NFL right now. Lions looking to get their first win of the season. Matt, uh, Campbell's out there uh, chewing off kneecaps right now. He really is. He's a... I mean, he's he's a fun coach. He's a guy that I would respect as as a head coach or even a coordinator or something for a team. Um, next up, we have the Colts and the Texans. I think we both win Indianapolis here, pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, I think standard this is a pretty pick. Easy win, yeah. Uh, score update for that one. Uh, the Colts currently up fourteen to nothing going into halftime. Okay. Next up, we have the depleted New York Giants, who are just they are so injury ridden, it's ridiculous. They are without Barkley. They are without Daniel Jones. They are without. Uh, Kadarius Tony, they're without Sterling Shepard. The list is on and on. They are just so riddled with injuries. They're starting Mike Glennon today, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Miami's been playing well. I, I, I talk them up every week. I'm a huge Brian Flores fan, as I always say. I'll, I'll never not say that. I'm a big fan. 
He's got the the, the Dolphins playing very well after a s- slow start to the season. Looked their, like they could possibly be fired, good. and yeah, they've turned around. Their defense is lights out, and they are currently. Oh, well, we both took the Dolphins, so spoiler alert. We did, yeah. And uh, what's the score? They're currently up 10-3 to at, at halftime right now. Okay, looking good there. Then we have the possible prison inmate game of the week. You have the Gardner Minshew-led Philadelphia Eagles taking on the, I mean, it doesn't matter even who's on the roster, the New York Jets. They're just shit regardless. <laughs> There's not one player that makes them any lesser. They are just a bad team. But guess what? Um, fun fact, Wilson does not have an interception yet. Yeah, it's early. So we'll see what happens in the second half. He came out and threw a couple of touchdowns, but maybe the second half he throws a couple of touchdowns to the Eagles. What's the score there? Uh, current score in halftime is 24 Eagles, 18 Jets. Oh, it would probably help if we told you who we picked. We both picked the Eagles. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sorry. I thought it was I kinda, given. Yeah, it, it should have been, but I forgot. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, Eagles even sure. with Gardner Minshew, that was one that I was like, do I switch that pick? And I'm like, nah, nah, the Jets aren't very yeah. good, so I'm going to stick with I Gardner. I rolled a dice on Minshew this year. I put him on DraftKings quarterback. He's doing well so far. Now we go to the 4 o'clock games that have yet to start, so we can finally get some actual predictions in. The Washington football team against the Las Vegas Raiders. Two surprises. You have the Raiders who, again, I mean, it goes for pretty much anybody in the NFL this year. There have been so many Jekyll and Hyde teams. One week they look great, one week they look terrible. Obviously, as, as we've said before on here many times, the Raiders are the one exception of a team that you completely understand for not looking the same every week. They've, they've gone, had an interesting year so They've far. gone through some shit. Uh, feels very Browns-esque to me. Of You have guys getting arrested. You have people dying. You have people getting terminated. You have behind-the-scenes drama. Did you say people dying? Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, dog. Yeah. Poor puppy. So, I mean, human died, I mean, too. The but... lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dog wasn't driving the car. <laughs> Although, just, and it's would have been cool. would have been kind of funny. <laughs> you get the camera footage and the dog's they're like, Henry Ruggs there. gets arrested for DUI and blowing up a car. And they're like, who's the driver? They're like, it's a fucking dog. dog. Like, you're in Vegas. Anything's possible, I Golden guess. Retriever. <laughs> it, was a, it was a magic show. Um, but, yeah, so it's crazy shit for the Vegas Raiders. And the fact that they are not just imploding They've is, held us together. volume. I think and it's the quarterback. I mean, I think Carr is the reason. I mean, That's Carr's... something. You know what? Let's, let's change it up here. We got... We're going on an hour, but we can fill this in. There were some people that have talked because they will not. They haven't given him the huge extension yet. Derek yeah, Carr. I would take Derek Carr. To would you take Derek Carr? I would. I would too. I'm the same way. In a heartbeat. There were people on the radio that were trying to say no way. And and the funny thing his, is, is that this, this is his final season this year. Too. Yeah, I think so. So the funny thing to me is that this is where Browns fans again they get a little finicky. They get they get they don't know what they want. On one hand, they love Baker because he won. On the other hand, they hate guys that don't win, but their stats are amazing. So it shows you that if they were on a better team, they'd probably be a much better quarterback. Like Derek Carr is on a team that's, as we just said, has its issues, to put it mildly. They're, not, a, not a strong offensive line. Not the a strong running offensive game's line. Running okay, but that's a one-person running even game. Even wide receivers have been kind of questionable. I mean, yeah. even Henry Ruggs wasn't that great of a wide receiver. He was a speed guy. That's it. He's catching a lot then, of stuff right now, though. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> catching and taking and you know doing a lot. Let's just say he's... He's still handling a lot of balls, I think. <laughs> he may not be in the NFL anymore, uh, but he's getting a lot of balls thrown his way. Themselves. Then you have defensively, I mean, I, I talked about it a lot, you know, for years. I thought Mike Mayock was a very bad drafter for mm-hmm. the for the Raiders. I thought, you know, I, I didn't respect what John Gruden was doing with that team. You take a guy like Clellan Farrell, number four overall or whatever, when there's better talent on the board. Mm-hmm. I was just some questionable moves. And the fact that they're still winning games and Derek Carr is putting up ungodly numbers i mean he has a record for like the most 85 or 90 percent completion percentage games in nfl history he already has four of them in his career and he's been in the league for like five years 
He's got. I mean, he's got okay stats this year. He's seventeen touchdowns, nine interceptions, thirty four hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, nothing it's crazy, but, numbers. but for the situation that they're in, the fact that yeah. he's still staying afloat, and again with the the completion percentage, I'm not looking for. Unless we can get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I'm not expecting the Browns to get a guy that puts up those numbers. Our offense isn't built like that. I'm yep. accepting that. We do need a guy like Derek Carr, though, who would come here and just be accurate, stretch the ball down the field when you need to. He's got he an arm. Do that. He's got a good exact. arm. He'd be a perfect player for the Cleveland Browns. I would Browns. take him, and the Browns could throw money at him this year and bring him in. So the excuse Browns fans had were, oh, look, he's only been to the playoffs once. He's a bum. Because he's only been to the playoffs once. It's all him. Yep. That's the only thing that they have. They can't take a step back and just accept that in the right situation, Derek Carr is a good quarterback currently, and on a better team, he'd be even better. They just strictly look at, because he hasn't done anything with the Raiders, he's a bum. I truly believe the extension was not offered because of Gruden, though. I oh, think yeah, that would, he, would, he was obsessed with yeah. Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Again, I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Derek Carr drafted before Gruden even got there? Yeah, he was, but yeah. Gruden came in and made it a point to say that he's not someone I want to stick with. Right. So I think that's why the extension wasn't offered. I do think he probably does get an Now a it will because Gruden's gone. But and again, this also gives Carr the chance to look around, yeah, too. He's, he's going to be He absolutely could say, like, you know what? I liked it here with the Raiders, but obviously shit's going down in, with this team yeah. that I don't like. He has I don't a chance to here. get quartered. He has a chance to listen he's to a couple He's an extremely teams. religious yeah. man, so maybe all the shit that happens with the Raiders, he saw those emails, he sees Henry Ruggs going to yeah. get getting a DUI murder shit. Maybe he does go, you know what? Fuck it. I want out of here. What's not more religious anymore. than the land? Come yeah, play I mean, with Stefanski. If anything, know? I'm guessing he's, uh, something tells me Henry Ruggs is doing a lot of praying these days, or yep. at least spending a lot of time on his knees. Um, <laughs> Another joke. <laughs> they do write themselves. It's very easy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, a lot of shit could, could happen here in the off season. Plenty of options. Browns fans need to stop being scared. Yeah. If the Browns gave away, two to three first round draft picks for a really good quarterback, I think eventually you just, you say, fuck it, do it. Like, look at the Colts. The Colts traded away a first round pick for DeForest Buckner, a defensive tackle. At the time, you look at it and go, man, wouldn't they rather have a draft pick? And you go, well, it was like the 15th overall pick, so who really gives a fuck? Then they trade draft picks away to get Carson Wentz. They're playing for a playoff spot right now. Browns fans, would you trade first round draft picks for playoff chances? Yes. For a good quarterback? Especially if it's the end of the first round pick. Correct. I do that in a heartbeat. I don't understand why Browns fans are so afraid of taking chances. But we'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. Going on with the 4 o'clock picks. Oh, who did you pick? Oh, we, we, oh yeah. We were talking about the, the Vegas Vegas and Washington. I just wanted to get your consensus on if you would take Derek Carr. Absolutely. And we spiraled down a and rabbit I, hole. I honestly would love to see them throw an offer at him, too. Uh, speaking of them, I went with them today. In today's game, I went with the Raiders. Yeah, so did I. I think it's, I mean, with uh, Chase Young out, the defense not as strong as they should be. But honestly, we talked about it before we started recording, Heineke's playing pretty good. I mean, very well. I mean, he's a guy, he reminds me of a, who's a guy I could compare him to? Um, I mean, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins, but he reminds me of almost like a Jimmy Garoppolo of like, he's not going to game manager. He's, he's going to have a couple interceptions. He's going to have a really good game. And then he's going to have a very average ball. to bad game. And that's just because that's just who he is. Nothing crazy, nothing bad. He's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's not going to hurt you, but he's not really going to help you either. But he's a guy that you could potentially next year, not have to maybe worry about going after a quarterback and build around that quarterback and defend him more with a better line and see what happens. You know? For me, I kind of look at it as like he's a good he's a good stopgap where, sure. like you said, you don't need to focus on a quarterback, but you can let it happen because yeah. that's what happened last year. Yeah. They took uh, they took a linebacker, the, the Redskins did, J- Jamin Davis. They took him in the first round because they were like, well, none of the quarterbacks that were there at the time, like we weren't going to trade up for one. We weren't going to you know make any crazy decisions, so we're comfortable with sticking with Heineke. And mm-hmm. they, they obviously it didn't work out, but they signed um, – 
wa- water park extraordinaire Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that didn't, <laughs> as Kyle says, al- allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Um, but but yeah, so they they tried to fix their quarterback situation with a veteran and stick with what they had, and it's working out so far. I mean, they're 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 hanging in there as a, as yep. a team. Nothing special. Nobody expected them. Even if they would have drafted a rookie, would you have picked the the Reds or the the Washington football team to go anywhere? No. So they're right about where they expected to right. be. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, we I, both I, took the Raiders. Raiders yeah. And uh, next up, let me find the list again. I apologize. We have the Jaguars against the Rams. Yeah. Rams are on a little bit of a skid, but do this is really, the week, this is the week really, to turn it around. If they do lose today, then you better fucking start setting some alarms off. And, and Yeah, Sean McVay could probably get fired if they if lose they today, today, honestly. Like, that's that's bad. And Urban Meyer's not leaving L.A. without touching some asses. Oh, he's, so. There's plenty of lawns to go around in, Absolutely. in, in Los I, Angeles I took him. I took I took uh, the Rams here just because. I did too. But, kind of a no-brainer pick. I mean, this but is I would laugh my ass off. Oh, it would be uh, great. But, I mean, at the same time. The uh, the Rams may have lost the game, but they did look pretty damn good against the Packers last week. Odell yeah. Beckham had a huge game. The Rams were able to move the ball. It's just you're going up against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Is Burrow wearing an uh, an LSU wristband? Yeah, interesting. He probably always does. Okay. I, I'm not positive. I've, I just I've I just saw NFL. I noticed really, it too. That NFL's really wristband. strict about like what they wear and don't wear on TV. I yeah. think stuff like that you can. It's just it's your official uniform. You're allowed to wear like wristbands and stuff like that. It's the the socks, I the see. jerseys, tucking okay. stuff in. Right, they have right. weird rules about that. Um, next up we have the afternoon game. Yeah, we have the game of the week, Ravens Steelers. We get to see Lamar Jackson coming oh, off. Oh, this... news, news break. Uh, do you not see this morning? It came out that Ro- yeah. Roethlisberger announced that this is probably his last season. No, he made the sure to say with the Steelers. Yes. So he's going to, might keep his options open to <laughs> go somewhere else, but will a team have him? Probably not. No, let's be honest. Uh, he has decided to probably step away from the game and fully commit himself to rape. And we wish him nothing rest, but rest. Oh, I'm rest, sorry. Sorry, I knew rest. it was a four-letter R word. Rest. But we fully <laughs> respect his decision. We wish him all the best. Good for him going forward. That's that's a slip up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, honest mistake. Uh, next up, we have. Oh, well, who did you pick? I pick the Taliban. I hate those two teams. I don't want to pick any of them personally. But we're dropping a bomb on on Steve. Unfortunately, I have to go with what I think is the better team, and I'm going to go with the Ravens in that situation. After yeah. watching these teams play, I know the the Steelers beat the Browns, and it wasn't even that impressive of a win. The Ravens beat the Browns, and it also wasn't that impressive of a win. But I think in in when these two teams go head to head, I'm going to take the Ravens. I hope they hurt each other. Oh, 100. I would like to. See, I hope Lamar tears an ACL. I yeah. would like to see T.J. Watt take out Lamar's knee with his helmet, and it gives T.J. Watt a concussion so bad that he's done for the his Two career. Two birds with one stone. And Lamar Jackson's knee gets blown out on the same play. That would be ideal. We'll see what happens. Uh, normally, I don't wish injuries on players because it's bad karma for my teams, but we but have plenty of injuries, and fuck those two teams. So uh, my uh, my pick is Baltimore, but my question is: is why would you wait till now to tell? Everyone, you're not coming back next year. What's the motivation behind that? Um, I think it's now because I'm guessing they had an inner locker room discussion with him, possibly, that, hey, if you play like as shitty as you did last week against the Bengals, because he did, he looked like ass, I think they probably told him, if you look that bad again, we're benching you. I understand you won a Super Bowls. You are on the Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh quarterbacks. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But we're at the point where we understand we're moving forward. And yeah. if you're hurting the team and not helping them, we have to see what we have in, in Dwayne Haskins. So now the next five in... games are the uh, farewell tour to Ben Roethlisberger. Exactly. So it's going to be one of those situations where if he gets benched because of like last week, there are Steeler fans that I know that were posting like, why is Ben even playing? Right. Put Haskins in like they're done with him. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger yeah. era is officially over. 
I think this news coming out today is kind of the icing on the cake of when you don't see him finishing games anymore. That's why. Yeah. So that's that's my guess. Uh, yeah, we both went with the Ravens. They're a pretty easy pick. Uh, next up, we have the Niners versus the Seahawks. The Seahawks are imploding. Um, personally, as a guy that has fr- friends that are Jets fans, I like to shit on the Jets all the time. What irritates me is the Seahawks gave their first round pick to the Jets for Jamal Adams last year. And they're terrible. So the Jets are looking like they're going to have two top 10 to top five draft picks because of their well, the own Jets shittiness. And who else has two potential top 10 picks? Too? So right now, the way the draft lineup was working out last week when it came out, it was the Jets have back-to-back picks because of the Seattle pick. Seattle and their own. The Giants, I think, had back-to-back first-round no, picks because of their own. And then there it was three. There were three straight teams. I think there were two New York. I don't remember the other one off the top of my head. Let me just go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, so look it up. But there were there were two uh, or three sets of two teams that had back to back to back to back picks. It was weird. Um, but so the Seahawks are imploding right now. They just lost on Monday Night Football to the Washington Football Team in a bit of a nail biter. For being such an ugly game, it was kind of fun at the end. It wasn't that cool to watch until the very last quarter. Uh, there were onside kick issues. Russell Wilson threw a touchdown. They were down by eight. He threw a touchdown. Oh, it was the. Two New York teams yep. and Philadelphia. That's who it was. Eagles. Okay. I knew it was. So definitely right, had the New right York now, ones. as it sits today, it's Lions, Jacksonville, Houston, Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Panthers, Eagles, Eagles. Does it tell you who gets those picks or who those picks are from? I don't remember um, who. The, I know obviously the Jets got the one pick from the Seahawks. I don't remember who the Giants traded with. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here we go. So yeah, Jets, Seattle, the Giants from the Bears. Oh, that's right. They traded with the Bears traded up to get Justin Fields last yep. year. And then the Eagles that. were from the Dolphins. And then I remember that one. Yeah, they traded up to get uh, Jalen Waddle. Yep. Wow, right. <laughs> that's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what's nuts about trading in the in the NFL. But when you do it as a bad team, who cares? If you're a good team, like we imagine the Browns would be, if you traded away yep. draft picks for a quarterback, and you have one bad season, you're not worried about it. Yep. Um, like look at the Colts. The Colts are going to be a playoff team. They traded their first round picks to mm. the Eagles. Eagles have another first round pick from the Colts coming for Carson Wentz. Yep. And it's going to be in the 20s. Like, who yep. gives a fuck? Yeah. As a, as a Browns fan, give me a continuous playoff run and Super Bowl contention over the 26th pick of the draft. Who gives a fuck? What's mm-hmm. wrong with Browns fans? They, they value shit the, in the weirdest way. Um, did, who, did you pick someone in this game? Not yet. I was talking okay. about how bad the Seahawks yeah. have been. Yeah, so, so Monday Night Football, Russell Wilson throws a touchdown right at the end of the game, needs a two-point conversion, throws an interception. They go for an onside kick. They get it. Then there's a flag for, like, an illegal formation, whatever bullshit. Uh from what I hear, the latest rumors that I read today say that <clears throat> the owner of the Seahawks is very involved right now with oh, the organization article, yeah. because they, again, they're they're in bad shape. So it's looking more and more like Pete Carroll's days are numbered, which means more and more like Russell Wilson's going to be gone. I think the Seahawks are heading towards a total rebuild. And as a, as a guy who has a friend that's a diehard Seahawks fan, I love it because I want them to be terrible. I like making fun of them about it. <laughs> I, I Misery loves company, guys. And as a Cleveland fan, I've seen the worst misery in sports history. So when it happens to my friends, I don't feel bad for them. I'm one of those people that I want my friends' teams to lose. Welcome to my reality. Because I've suffered so much. I want them to lose. I love – I've been talking shit about the Jets all year. I literally text them weekly and go – are you guys going to draft another quarterback or do you really good? Are you going to keep pretending that Justin or uh, Zach Wilson's good? Like I love just ripping them for how shitty he is when he throws an interception. I text them immediately about it. Uh, it's fun. I love it. Misery loves company. So fuck those guys. I'm a Browns <laughs> fan. You can suffer for a season or two. Uh, I took San Francisco though, because of the downward spiral that the Seahawks are in and the upward spiral that the, the Niners are in. 
Niners are playing well. It's almost as if Kyle Shanahan listens to the show and heard Kyle and I talking about how he could be on the outs. And I think he is a listener. I really do. Yeah, that's what rumors have been, rumors have swirled. And ever since we started talking about that, they're on a winning streak. They're playing very well. And I think that continues tonight against a very bad Seahawks team. I do think I, I, I picked San Francisco to win this one, I but I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle pulled it off, though. I mean, one of these games has to give. Russell Wilson has to get it together, right? No? Maybe not? I you, you would think. I mean, I like it because the worse he plays, the lower his trade value is a little bit, yep. which means we could get him pretty easily. Yeah. Or a little easier, I should say. However, hopefully it's not the true tale of how he is as a player. Yeah, He's actually that's the, just bad that's now. the other fear. We now. trade for him because we're like, hell yeah, we got MVP Russell Wilson, Super Bowl and champion, he and he literally and he, just sucks ass. Yeah, yeah. And he is identical to Baker. Yep. That would be terrible. But we'll see. Uh, Sunday Night Football, interesting game. You have this surprising Denver Broncos at 6-5 and five against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 7-4, and four, I think, or 7-5. and five. I don't On even know. paper, you would think it's a no-brainer pick, right? But then you start yeah. getting into it. And honestly, I, I took a, few, a second to, to pick this one. For me, I didn't because I think the Chiefs have figured it out. As we said all along, I kept picking the Chiefs week in and week out because I'm like, I don't think they're this bad. They're eventually going to figure it out. And over the last few weeks, it kind of looks like they have. They've been playing really well, very complimentary football. The offense has been playing well. The addition of, I forgot his name off the top of my head, uh, Melvin Ingram, that they got from the the, the Steelers who was sitting on the bench. He has looked fantastic for the Chiefs. That's a huge bonus to their defense. Um, In this game, I think Denver... They they look good against bad teams. Not bad teams, but like I said earlier with the Chargers, the Chargers are one of those teams that one week they look like Super Bowl contenders, the next week they look like shit. First half of this game against the Bengals, well, I take that back. First quarter against the Bengals, they look like a Super Bowl contender. Second quarter, they look like the Browns. They're, you know, obviously Herbert didn't do it, but there's fumbles happening. They're turning it over. Their defense is no longer stopping anybody. And... Uh, I think the same thing with the with the Broncos because the Broncos beat the Chargers last yep. week. We both picked the Chargers. We thought it was a no-brainer. Broncos won. This is a different breed, though. You're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. You're taking on Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Uh, another stat that I said earlier was Tom Brady was like 11-0 or whatever against the uh, the Falcons. I think I saw another one that said that the Chiefs, as of late, are like same thing. They're like double digits and O against the Broncos in their last like, you know, 13, 14 meetings, whatever it is. Uh, I think that streak continues. I am going with the, uh, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, the home yeah, team. I went with Kansas City as well. I just think Denver's defense is not going to go down quietly. No, their defense is very good. I, I just think, think they're at home it's tough some... to play in Kansas City. Oh, I agree. I think they're going to cause some turnovers. I think he gets picked off twice tonight. It's going to happen. He's, um, he's very loose with the ball this year, Patrick Mahomes. His, yeah. his luck has run out yeah. of the amazing plays, which... That happens. I mean, there are Brown, there are football fans that just expect a guy that if because Baker Mayfield turns it over and has a very bad game, if Mahomes turns it over, they go, oh, they should bench him. I hate when fans. It's the most annoying thing when you compare players because yeah. turnovers happen. Tom Brady just threw a fucking pick six against the Falcons. That was an interesting throw. That was just terrible. But <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, I mean, don't be an idiot and compare Baker to Tom Brady because Tom Brady threw an interception. I hate when fans right. do it. They're like, right. oh, I wonder if the Buccaneers are going to bench him. Fucking idiots. Yes, they will. Stop trying to desperately cling to Baker Mayfield. It's weird. <laughs> Most of them are middle-aged adults. It's very strange to me. How many arguments me. come back to Baker Mayfield? It's crazy. Well, we're, we're a Cleveland show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got Kansas City winning, but I, I think that he does. I think it does. I think it's a close game, though. Yeah. Okay. I, I have Kansas City as well. And Monday Night Football possibly could be the game of the I week. I can't wait to watch this game. I'm really excited for this game. We have the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. First time they're meeting this year. 
You have the Bills, who everybody and their brother thought were going to run away with the NFC or the AFC East, and you have the Patriots, who are surprisingly taking over the AFC East in a one-year turnaround. Mac Jones, possibly rookie of the year. Bill Belichick has that defense playing lights out. The Bills are struggling, to put it mildly. They have no run game. Uh, Josh Allen's been playing okay. They're just a they're a one-dimensional team without that run game. Yeah. You can't expect Josh Allen to just throw the ball 50 times a game. Shut that, down the pass and you That's you what beat happened that team. with the Chiefs. The Chiefs used to do that. They were a one-dimensional team. They had all that talent. Well, it's a good thing they're going out. against a defense that doesn't know how to stretch. Oh no, they are. Yeah, Never very mind. good defense. So I went with New England in this one. This is a bold pick. Uh Vegas has New England as the underdogs. I think it's like yeah. a three-point uh swing, the line is. Um, but I went with New England. I'm just going with the hot team. Bills have been playing so inconsistently. The the Patriots have been playing very consistently. I'm going to roll with the hot hand until proven otherwise. Yeah, I think um, the Bills have given the blueprint to how to beat them the last couple weeks. And you give a blueprint to a guy who's a master architect, then it, it, it doesn't end well. I, I think he's going to do what he has to do and stop Josh Allen from him running and from him passing to Diggs, and then you that run game make their run game beat you and they don't have a run game so yeah i don't think bill belichick is afraid of dawson knox beating the no. patriots so Thielen's i'm with out, you. by the way i'm not sure if you have him in your teams i don't so okay. i actually have jefferson in one that if anything that only helps yeah more targets to him all right uh that's gonna do it no browns game nothing to break down there this was a good episode uh twice removed and uh <laughs> <laughs> we got to do so nice we did it twice basically but that was a good one uh I got nothing else. We'll talk to you guys again during the week here. It's Sunday, so hopefully we'll probably record again on like Wednesday before you fly out to Chicago. Yeah, I leave on Friday, so it's going to have to be Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, that works for me. We can do Wednesday again. We'll have an episode, get you guys all geared up for the weekend to be, and uh, that's it. That's all I got. Have a good day. See you.